Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Geekscapers. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm John Melinda, your host. If this is your first Geekscape, well, I'm going to talk movies, video games, and comic books. Um, you're listening to the audio feed of the Geekscape podcast. This is the old school Geekscape podcast feed that has been around since 2006. And I bring that to your attention because there's a video, a live video that I do every week talking to guests. And that is what you're going to hear at the end of this in a few minutes. But I thought I would start creating some exclusive audio content to get people to subscribe to the podcast because... A lot of people watch the show live. They like the video. I love doing the video version. But after Comic-Con, where we did exclusive audio content, I really wanted you all to listen to that. And I'm like, hey, is the video cannibalizing all my audio listeners? Should I be putting some more exclusive content on the audio feed? And that's what you're going to hear for the next couple minutes. Uh, A little bit of my thoughts, catching you up on what I've been experiencing, some of the stuff I've been reading, some of the movies I've been watching. And I've got a great episode coming up with Ralph Oppel, who's a longtime Geekscapist, who is producing a new Lost documentary with our friend Taylor Morden. They're my guests coming up. You're going to love hearing from them. And we do a great job of talking about the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie that's in theaters that we all loved. We talk about that as well on top of the Lost documentary that they're putting into Indiegogo right now. So you're going to be hearing us talk about it here in a few minutes. And I loved it. But to give you some exclusive audio content right now, for the podcast feed, I've got Heidi here with me, and we're going to talk a little bit. And you won't get this again on the video feed. Sorry, if you want to see beautiful pictures of Heidi, you got to go to her social media or Instagram or something. <laughs> um, Miss Heidi Cox on Instagram. Ms. It's Ms. Yeah. yeah, it's not Miss. I'm not Miss. I'm married. Yeah, Ms. Um, and Heidi's here, and uh, I actually think we should talk about one of my favorite movies of the year that I haven't got a chance to talk about on the podcast because we're talking about stuff like Secret Invasion. <laughs> Ugh, I know, baby. I know, baby. But uh, <laughs> we went to see the Barbie movie. Yes. Hello, husband. <laughs> and you said um, when, I, when we went to see Ninja Turtles or when we went to see Mario, regardless, when we went to see Barbie, you said, you're coming with me to see Barbie because I went with you to see Mario, or I'm going to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because you said you went to Barbie with me. Mm-mm. To which I respond, I, I think you said something along those lines of like, "This movie's for me, and this one's for you." And ultimately, I think I loved Barbie as much as both of those movies. I didn't tell you you had to come with me because I went with you to we like we just you and me like to go to movies. Yeah. I, I know we went to the Turtles movie. On a night that I was really tired. Yeah. You know, there's a strike. Uh, you know, actors need day jobs. And I was working for um, a shout-out to Camp Monarch uh, in the Valley. I was working with some kids and, you know, doing that. And I was just really tired that day. It's a physical job. Out of the nine weeks that they have been running all summer, you've mm-hmm. been there every week except Comic-Con. Except Comic-Con, yeah. I was there. Oh, and, and Fourth of July week. And I, I was there four weeks. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. four weeks of teaching kids drama as a theater arts counselor this summer, and I got to tell you, as little as it paid, I loved it. Uh, 
don't I, don't ever so say it like that. <laughs> well, Geekscape is like it was a it was a quick pivot. My some of my college teaching was like evaporating this summer, That's and true. I was like, no, no, I need to bring some money, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I was luckily really... I did a photo shoot. Luckily, I did some editing. A lot more money came in, but for a bit there, I was like. I don't know if any money's coming in, and I was, I loved it. I could not believe it when I was like, well, I mean, I could ask them at camp. I could ask them mm-hmm. if uh, if they, you know, would hire you, and I did. I messaged who uh, I messaged Paul. Um, I feel like I'm gonna say his name wrong. Magalens, Magalenes. I don't know. Um, and I uh, he. Has become a geekscapist now. Because yeah, he was. He, he hired you based on <laughs> his experience with me last year because I was a theater arts counselor for a little bit, and then I was with little kids. I well, most of my side jobs or my um, day jobs have to do with working with children, and I love working with children. I know we're going off topic. We're going off topic, but I got to tell but, you, I love it. And to geekscape it a little bit, um, I was using the camp when working with kids, obviously it's theater arts, but my co-counselor Simon was so good that he really is the expert in, He's in theater. You should have one. I love Simon. And, uh, but I would bring my iPhone and my GoPros every day and I would just make little short films with the kids. Like I did a schlock, uh, shark movie called the Sharkening when we went to the beach yeah. and I shot, I had like a rubber shark and I shot like a, a little jaws thing where the, the shark jumps out of the water and starts so chasing funny. kids around and like flying into their eyeballs and stuff. And, and like the kids are loving it because they're, they're, they're in this like schlock horror movie, the sharkening. And it's uh, really funny too. I love that. You and me <laughs> both did some filmmaking there. You did an awesome parody of the office oh, yeah. uh, about the office staff at the camp. So it was, well, it was the, uh, Michael O'Brien, Mo O'Brien who works there. He had this idea and, they have been playing with it for a while. It was my first year working in the office, so I became sort of like this office manager and like behavior interventionist. I mean, I was already a behavior interventionist before, but I helped people with like behavior stuff. I know like a couple of little fun little tricks to help kids like feel motivated and to help counselors feel calm about like dealing with kids when they get a little whatever, you know, you know how kids can be and they're all different. Right? No, I, I don't. I went from college kids to <laughs> seven-year-olds but I knew and like be... nine-year-olds and it was psycho. I knew you'd be good at it though and they love you. Oh, they love They me. love you so they're much. Fun. But like they had had that idea in the office for a while and Mo said, you know, I've always thought we would do this at the, at the little banquet that they have at the end of the year. And I was like, I'm doing it. It's happening because I was dying to make something. So I'm actually going to post it on the, on the, um, no, Dweeb Darling's channel soon like it's it's already unlisted and i'm gonna make it public and and put all the correct credits in it and stuff so people can check it out so five minutes short anyway but back to when but, to, well i was gonna say geekscape is we've showed it at the end of the year end of the summer banquet saturday night and people went nuts it was the highlight of the night people loved <laughs> heidi's work and they love seeing themselves in a short of course like they love seeing themselves in a, but that's funny but beyond just them seeing themselves it was really funny really well done and i think you nailed the style and some of the jokes it was it was great for five minutes like everybody was ready to play it again i showed it i showed went no, i showed it there i shot it on my iphone 14 pro except for one clip that i borrowed from like a cloud drive that they had uploaded like a just kind of like a home video so i was able to use the iphone 14 pro too which was kind of crazy like i've never done that before and i even had like a microphone so i was able to hook the sound straight into the camera and 
it was it was nice. It was just a fun little. There are a couple little glitchy glitchy sure. things that bug me about about like the zoom and things the like zoom that. Zoom skips forward like it, it does, does a, a little skipping bit. thing. And okay. it will it'll go it'll be here it'll be uh, I'm I'm holding my hands up here and then like suddenly it's it's below where you have the frame yeah. um, when you zoom because it's switching to the other lens. So I'm sure they're working on oh, that's figuring what it's that doing, out because it has like two three lenses and yeah. it's shifting lenses. Yeah, I yeah. thought what you were shooting on your 14 was so much better than what I was able to get on the 12 mm. that I went today and I got a, a 14 pro just so they could shoot more stuff. Cause, um, it's kind of crazy. You think that you're, when you're taking like a summer gig or you're taking a gig that you feel is, could, it could not be on a different planet further <laughs> than where you want to be. Creatively, it led me back because just exactly. being around a bunch of nine and 12 year olds and, getting excited about shooting a little short films each week was like, and, and then, I, I mean, Tuesday I would have to write a play every week right. and Friday it was up. I remember having to do that. And I, and I would go early in the morning, Tuesday, write the play, rehearse Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Well, Wednesday's a field trip. And then Friday we're putting the show up yeah. for their parents and like getting props and making costumes. It was so creatively, um, it wasn't exhausting. It was just invigorating. It was creatively invigorating. And um, I came out of it and I immediately, I kind of think that I became a big pain in the ass to my producer, Noam, because I'm like, what should I write next? I got all these ideas and da, 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 And what's going on with our yeah. films? And like, so, I, so as I'm pivoting back to yeah. production on our, on our narrative stuff, I'm like, oh my God, what are we doing? And then I'm bugging Matt. Kelly at the Geekscape Network being like, what do we do? How can we do this? How can we do that? Well, we're also, <laughs> You're like, chill out, Jonathan. We're also, I also, you, I know you're not as, I'm not pushing it, but like, I'm kind of just trying to encourage Michael Hyman to bring his super legit podcast to the network too. We'll I, I think it would be fun to have them there as well. Like, and I got to do 15 minutes of stand up. You did. Yeah. He's yeah. pretty good at roasting you guys. As you know, from the Comic-Con story. Camp had a final roast. Yeah, this time I, I wasn't know. roasting Yu-Gi-Oh fans. People are on. Well, you kind of were anime fans, but yeah. not like I what? had a couple anime jokes in there. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. People are on the fence about that thing. I I don't hate it, but I do kind of like there are there are these these kids that work with us. They're they're teenagers still. They're usually that was the oldest counselor. Geeks gave us like I was the oldest counselor for yeah. the four weeks I worked. Well, the junior counselors they're doing like it's like for like. High school credit or something? It's or like high school put it on a college resume? Yeah. It's that kind of stuff, like okay. community service type things, right? So they get a stipend, but it's technically it's it's a job, but it's it's more of like a like a community service type job, and they get a little stipend at the end of the every week. And so they're like anywhere from the age of like fourteen to eighteen, well, six, seventeen really. And um doing some of those jokes, I don't know. The roasting in front of them, even though they, <laughs> they probably hear way worse. There's, yeah, there's nothing I said that uh, that they're not already experiencing in the movies and the mo music and all the stuff that they listen to anyway. So, like, <laughs> I had no qualms saying the stuff I said. And a lot of the kids who are 14, 18 years old are the ones who came up to me and were like, dude, that was fucking hilarious. And right. I was like, it just felt good to have a microphone in my hand. And you should have be, been, hey, watch your language, yeah. young <laughs> young man, young Hey, lady, is that a drink in your human. hand? You're not no, no, we did not let them drink. They weren't drinking, but but uh, you know there are several, there are a couple of people that are more sensitive about it, and not even like no one was offended um, personally by but any jokes about themselves. Enough. It was other people were concerned about 
the whole thing overall, just in general, and it's like that every year because it's the same last year. They do it oh, every really? year. If and people, people are hypersensitive every year, then well, I, I'm not offended at all. Then but, I'm good. But like, at least the jokes even, were funnier this year. I even said this. Fred Rogers himself didn't even like that type of humor. He doesn't like roasting. He didn't like. He didn't even like slapstick comedy. He sure. didn't like Three Stooges. He thought it was mean spirited, right? So, super sensitive, big hearted people. I even have trouble with roast sometimes. Like there were a couple of jokes you said, and I was like, "Oh my god!" But I was brought in to roast. Yeah. And I, I know, and was... I didn't like the way that they were going to run it anonymously, where people right. submitted anonymous jokes. Mm-hmm. And I went up and I said, "I'm going to rewrite all these. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I'm going to write 95 percent new stuff mm-hmm. because none of these are funny. And if anybody has anybody to hate at the end of the day, if anybody's upset with anybody." Mm-hmm. At least they're upset with the guy who was only a counselor for four weeks and who's that's like, fair. We're probably never going to see again. That's, I so, hope that's not true. I honestly feel like even if our dreams come true and I get to do everything that I ever wanted, I would still like to be involved in that place because I like I like working with children. I like helping children. It's so much fun and the people. But Paul came up to me last night and he said, "Jonathan, what would it take for you to come back next summer?" Mm. And I said, "You don't." I was like, "Dude, you don't like you don't." have what it would take for me to come back next summer but know that I would that if you need me to come shoot a short film with the students if you need me to come do some film stuff if you need me to come and like talk to them if you want me to just come and I don't know I mean I was taking some of the younger counselors out every weekend to go running right, yeah. or I was taking them to dinner or I was taking them to lunch and adults was, these the kids well, yeah but the, just, the counselors but they're are they're college kids mm-hmm. exactly. or in, the, I think the oldest other one was like mid 30. And so I'm sitting here like... Last year we had someone that was older than us, but she wasn't well, there this year. And so I'm just sitting here like big brothering a lot of the counselors. Mm-hmm. And I told Paul, I was like, if you need people to do if you need someone to do that, like, I'll do that. Like, I like hanging out with these kids. I think it's creatively, again, invigorating to make short films with young people. I agree. Because the rules go out the window yeah. and it's just about making fun stuff. And um, And I'll put those short films up on their channels because it's their content i gave it to them the only reason we're not going to put my parody for the office on their channels because there's like jokes of like yeah people answering the phone and being like maybe you shouldn't have had kids you know and you don't want like the parents that are like like, is that what you think of us yeah is that what you think of us yeah they don't want you to give them the wrong impression like it's it's definitely a parody it's a joke it's totally so heidi here anyway. we are at the end of a wet, hot American summer, in which we're, we're, we're <laughs> like true. back at like a camp. None of the people at camp, except for like Paul and Michael and uh, a couple of other people understand the reference. Yeah, but but let's get back to to, to, to Barbie. Barbie. I got to tell you why I was excited about Barbie. You were. I mean, I didn't ask yeah. you to come. You already wanted um, to go. It wasn't it, even a. It begins and ends with Greta Gerwig, yeah. who I've loved since Frances Ha, and. I really enjoy Lady Bird. I, I know you don't. I like it. I, I like Lady don't. Bird. I kind of like that whole. I like. Day in the life kind of thing. Yeah, she came out of. Greta Gerwig came out of maybe a little bit of the Chicago, New York, like Mumblecore ish movement that okay. like a lot of those guys came from. Okay. Her husband, um, Noah Baumbach, he did movies that I think are a little. Like, the characters are. They're, they're kind of mean. Like, uh, Squid and Whale and the. the mar- what was the marriage one with. Um, Adam Driver. I think it's Marriage Story Scrooge. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and, it's, and it's like, not a Marriage Story. It's something like that. These though. movies are these movies are pretty, you know, realistic. And these are how people talk to each other. But it's, sometimes it's hard to sit through you didn't people like being one. cruel to each other. No, it's 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 tough. It's a little. Sometimes I need a little more escapism in my my films. Sure. 
just thought Lady Bird was boring. But the, and I, that's unfortunate because I appreciate female I love directors. Lady Bird. I women directors, I love Lady women Bird. leads. You know I'm all about the woman filmmaker. Revisit all that. that movie for the quiet moments. Okay. Revisit that movie for the quiet moments. Because I think Educationally that, that I, I think Swarovski wrote in what she does in that movie is great. I love I think I really enjoy that movie. Um, I like Sorcerer. But then seeing how it pivots to Barbie, which is like a commercial endeavor, it's clearly a summer thing. It's again commercial. It, it, seeing that she had, yeah. that Greta Gerwig was taking on this commercial property, I was like, let's see what she can bring to it. And I thought it was smart as hell, and I thought it was so much fun. It's a fam. It's it is a. I think it's an awesome feminist movie without shoving anything down your throat or clubbing you over the head with it. And everything there is in the service of being a fun movie. Does it, it, it the, the parking brakes don't come on, come. I'm, I'm not saying this horribly. The par- they don't put parking brakes on the story to lecture you. No. Which is what I was worried about. No. And like, um, People say like the, the America the, Ferrara like monologue and stuff like that, oh God, where you so started good. crying. It's, I think it's amazing. We were, yeah, we but were it's in right. character, and it's where that that scene should happen in a script where she's trying to rally the troops. Thanks for mansplaining Barbie to me. Appreciate that. No, just no, kidding. just I'm kidding. Just I mean, he's not. He's not mansplaining. It's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. He's I'm not. Sitting, even, we're he's, sitting. he's not even smiling at One me. One thing in the he uh, doesn't like that. Joke. This is audio, so you you can't even say that I'm manspreading right now. But you can't tell geeks. Man, man, what? Manspreading. <laughs> <laughs> You're not, no. Um, what was I going to say? There were some Kubrick or a few Kubrick references. That in for it. sure. Oh, can we talk oh, about spoilers? The 2001. Um, for Barbie... It's been out for a while. It's been out for a while. I would... Well, I don't know. I, I would say go see the movie first, Geeks Gabus. I like, really want to talk about a, a couple of things in it. Go, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, obviously, you just mentioned it made me cry. I wasn't even when I heard they made a Barbie movie I was like what is this like I thought it sounds so stupid and I'm not I'm not a big pink hot pink type that was never like my I like blue I like light pink I like so kind of feminine feminine things yeah but and I always liked Barbie like I never was like oh Barbie makes me feel so ugly it was never like that. Um, is that the blowback to Barbie in a long ways? In a lot of ways, is that it's yeah, this, I, it's like this standard that people can't. yeah beauty standard that women can't really. Um, but I don't remember thinking about it as a kid. Maybe it affected me subconsciously because I definitely have some body dysmorphia. You know this. I mm-hmm. struggle with that a lot, and you're very patient with me about it. Patient, I love you. It's not patient, sweetie. <laughs> I celebrate you. Um, but but I, and I, I also think that the body dysmorphia stuff or the. Uh, you said it better. Um, the standard that mm-hmm. Barbie set, they pull the rug out from under it in the very opening by having a lot of different types of Barbies. Well, already our friend America Young was uh-huh. doing a Barbie vlog on on YouTube on the I think the Mattel or Barbie. She was like the YouTube. voice of Barbie. Yeah, she's the voice of Barbie. There's like this whole Barbie vlog. You guys should check it out. Maybe it's not really... just a, your friend, but fellow Geekscape podcaster. Oh, that's true. Yeah. She is. She's on your network Undiscovered too. Scripts. Yeah, and um, and and like honorary brides Faye because she was you know directing a Walker Texas Ranger and couldn't be in the wedding and you know the last, turn of last, was there her daughter was there yeah her daughter was in the wedding her husband was there and we she definitely missed I saw her today when I went to Pickett at Disney she was part of the Geekscape wedding we love her so much um, anyway so she had already kind of been involved in I guess I'm assuming Mattel like. 
reworking that whole Barbie image and talking about social justice things and like even like like the BLM movement and all this stuff they were talking about. And like my favorite one that she did as Barbie, and, and I think Skipper was in it too, was about saying sorry too much. Like oh. as a woman. Because women, we're in a lot of ways, just society teaches women to make ourselves small, not take up too much space, you know, throw back to manspreading, et cetera. Um, and we apologize a lot. And so honestly, like talking to America and watching that vlog, it really inspired me a couple years ago to, instead of being like, um, sorry, I'm late or Hey, sorry about that. Instead of being like saying that I, I will often be like, thanks so much for your patience. I really appreciate that. You know, mm-hmm. and you can find like more positive ways of saying that and like acknowledging, Hey, I, I know I was late. Thank you very much for waiting for me. Um, it's still kind of a way of acknowledging certain things without apologizing for existing. Cause, cause I'm not saying that men don't do it because they do, but women, we we really don't want to upset anybody. We don't want to get mad at us. We don't because your date will murder you. It, it's possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is the possible. sad reality the, is the date is a man. You um, could get murdered. Yeah. So murder, 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 the murder, yeah. <laughs> But um, anyway, so already, but then when I saw they were making a movie, I was like, I, I just kind of was like, okay, I'm gonna kind of sit back and wait observe for what happens yeah. here. And then I, you and me, we love to go to movies. We go to them a lot. And I'd seen the Barbie trailer a couple times. And the thing that sold me on it was the dance party she has. And she's like, do you guys ever think about death? Right. Because it adds and this layer like, oh of depth God, to it okay. where you're like, oh, is this existential that and it's And then I be? was like, I see what she's doing. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I'm in. Let's, let's go. And so we went and it was way better than I thought. That commentary was the tip of the iceberg. It and the was, stuff that Ken goes through, yeah, and in the, the lessons that the characters learn, yeah, they speak volumes about not only the property and like the characters, but where we are today as a society, mm-hmm. and the treatment of men versus women, mm-hmm. and the different traditional roles, and what we're expected to do, who we're expected to be, how we're expected to conform. It was awesome. And Geekscape is it is the movie that has made me cry this year. I cried too, I really there is cried. a montage in the movie that I'm just like, okay. You yeah. got me. And we managed to get, we were moved even though we were sitting next to two very drunk girls. Oh, I got to tell you, Geekscape is. so loud. If you could, if you're single and a dude and you could care less about the Barbie movie, just go see it oh because God. it is the dating experience of the year. There's so many single women in that theater. Just go and be like, just pretend to cry. Just show some form of emotion. I don't think they will have to pretend. No. I a, really think that, that well, I mean, other than like Bill Maher. I think it moves. People. Yeah, Ben Shapiro. Have you heard about what Ben Shapiro no, is like? No. All these like conservative shitbags are like railing against the movie because mm. it's like soft and like it ain't this and that and it's skewering men and it's an anti man movie. It's yeah. like motherfucker, have you seen yourself? You're an anti man. <laughs> You're like the least manly dude on the planet. Well, I mean, Bill Maher is not conservative, but he definitely has Bill Maher's problem. Like he's. He's, I know, I've he's always pretty, kind of... It's pretty easy to dismiss. He's always more. left a bad taste in my mouth about yeah. certain things. I'm he's like, a smarmy... I don't... I honestly feel like he's a bit misogynistic. I truly a do. A bit? Yeah. A bit? But I could be wrong. So, European. Bill, if I'm wrong, my bad, but... Because um, I know he listens to Geeks. No, the shit um, that he listens to... Uh, no, I, I, he's, he's definitely a... Uh, he does not listen to Geeks Game. No, nobody, <laughs> sweetie, nobody listens to Geeks Well, Fugel saying... John Fugel saying our, our um, you know, efficient, efficient? and friend... Serious XM does know him. Like mm-hmm. is friends with him. You never know. Oh, yeah. I didn't know so, that. Yeah, that's I a mean, point towards. But he's he's 
Uh, he's if he's putting on a character, because he was on Politically Incorrect sure. all the time. But if he's so, but if he's putting on an act, it's not an act I enjoy. If that's who he is, the character that no, I he's think he's like, no, I think he's not because I remember Hugo Singh said to me like, um, I mean, I can introduce you, but you're probably not going to like him. Oh, never mind. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, but I was just going to say, do you, do you want to no. go first? The thing that I want to say is a little bit of a spoiler is that the part that I really loved, other than like obviously America Ferreira's monologue is when the all of the different barbies and yes they did have all these different types of barbies and they even had weird you know was it weird barbie or like it was the one that the the kid had put yeah but i can't remember what we called her right but but we all have one of those like where we cut their hair like they they don't have any clothes anymore you've drawn (laughs) in them with your markers like we all had one like that you didn't your sister was living in a different house so you probably didn't see her barbie my my half sister was like 15 years, 10, 10 plus years old. Yeah, than so me. you didn't get to see She that. lived in a different city. Right. So, but if you had had, like, lived with your sister, you would have seen this Barbie. Everyone, you would have probably it's like the helped. the neighbor from dest- Toy Story. You would have probably helped destroy the Barbie because yeah. the boys usually would do that. Um, and I loved that was Kate McKinnon, yeah. which was amazing. The whole joke about the cellulite it was so funny. Like, I was just like, oh my God, this is so hilarious. Um, but the. Um, the fact that when all the Barbies realize that the Ken comes back and tries to like change Barbie land mm-hmm. and they're like, we've got to figure this out. And the way they figure it out is that they pretend to be interested in the, in the Kens and the Kens get so like, they love it so much that then they do this thing where they're all like <laughs> that scene around the beach where they're all playing the same song, but like they almost say the song, but it's really funny. And uh, they all go, they, they act like they're talking to someone else on their phone, um, maybe like a different Ken. And then it pisses off the Ken they're with. And they're like, then they're mad at the other Kens. They and sort so of all the, the Kens, Kens yeah. turn against each other. And that is exactly what men do to women. I am always like, I'm sorry. Well, talk to me on, about Let it, me step up on the soapbox for a well, second. Well, what, what, what you're, so when Barbie and Ken end up in the real world, because Barbie's trying to discover what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. Ken discovers that in the real world, men are in charge, and yeah. he kind of likes it because yeah. in Barbie Land, he's just an accessory to Barbie, yeah. which the feels. which the toy is. Yeah, and he's but he's not, and right. then you realize he's Ken off. He's Ken off. He is already. But he when is. they get back to Barbie Land, Ken is like, "I'm going to rip roar with this, and I'm going to be a man." And he introduces all the Kens into being right. drinking and being partying, and he has a big truck and what stuff. What does he call the dream house? He changed. Oh, like the a name. Mojo Dojo house. Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like that. <laughs> it's 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 hilarious. Look this way. But again, like the plot is like we're gonna set the Kens against each other by going out on similar dates with the Kens yeah. and be pretending that we're talking to another Ken while we're on a date with right. them, right? And then making them all mad at each other so that they fight each other. And they, yeah. And that's what men try to do to women. And and one of the things that drives wait, what do you mean they try to? You know what I mean? No, no, I, I actually don't. You've been on a date with a man where he's texting another girl. While... There are men who do that, but I was gonna give you a an example. Okay. That you me no, up, no, so. I want to hear it. No, it's just, it's a thing that men do. And you know, I've been on my high horse in a way about that, like how women, they end up being angry with each other. They so just, they... each other up. So like whenever, uh, I don't know. Okay, so can I give an example that kind of has to do with you and me a little bit? And if you hate it, you can cut it out? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to do any editing. Okay, it's, uh, um, <laughs> it's a really good example and it's not mean or anything. 
when I was dating someone else. Right. So you and me were off and on for a few years. Yes. And it was like, and, and we loved each other the whole time, but we had to, you had to go and figure your stuff out and I had to learn how to set boundaries and I did that and it was great. But um, when you were dating someone else, I made it a point to be like, I'm not mad at her because it is not her fault. I am mad at you. I'm mad. I'm mad at Jonathan. I'm, I'm hurt by Jonathan. Disappointed more than anything. I, well, <laughs> you were mad. <laughs> I, was, I was hurt. I was more heartbroken, but it, I wasn't angry with her, and sure. I wasn't going to take it out on her right. because that's what women do. They go after the other girl, and it's or the woman, I should say. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, unless you find out the woman is just like a horrible person, which that's right. happened before, sure. and I've, I've definitely had that experience too. Um, it, women usually end up fighting each other over a douchey. Not that you were. Over a douchey effing man it wasn't who perfect. treated them like shit. So right. and it, it just the fact that that they used that, I really think that was intentional when they wrote that like that when they turned the cans against each other. I think the the, the writing was so smart. Mm-hmm. And again, Noah Baumbach wrote it with Greta Gerwig, and the two of them were married. And I I love her directing. I think it's amazing. I'm so happy she made a billion dollar movie, and it's the woman who did that. And I'm mm-hmm. so fucking stoked that she did that. Mm-hmm. The script is amazing. Yeah. I think the, the script, script is, is so, so smart yeah. in so many ways. So, and the acting is good too, but I mean, the script is really what makes it. I mean, and like Issa Rae's in it, which I, I have a huge like career crush The movie on kicks her. ass. There's some storylines I wish resolved more than better. Eh, listen, I'm not going to. I'm not going to nitpick Cotton Candy. It's fun. No, it's, no, it's more substantial than Cotton Candy. I mean, I, it's a whole I, I was, festival ride. Was, it's a whole carnival ride. I was weeping. Like tears were just running down my face because it was like it pointed out every rip. It showed me everything that I had never known that I felt. Mm. You know, like it was in there, but it's sure. like you didn't realize it was in there. I don't know. Some painful truths in there, and mm-hmm. but it wrapped it in a really wonderful. Yeah. Container. Yeah, 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 and that everyone's important, and yeah. it's not man hating at all. It's just really, it's a really funny satire on um, the patriarchy, and sure. there's there's some fun stuff in it, and and that, but that was my favorite thing about the plot was that they took the tech because men do this. I've been I've been out with men before where it's or I've been into a guy before where it looks like he's talking to somebody else, and I'm like, and I've seen it happen to girls. I was lecturing a girl. A counselor at the camp that we were working at about how hey look like don't be mad at this other girl is not you're mad at him you're not mad at her right okay don't fall for that don't fall for that you know yeah. it, makes you, it makes you weak women together we can be very strong no need a man so, utopian sisterhood Ugh, <laughs> right? yeah, I think, well that's like wonder woman in a way yeah <laughs> yeah mascara yeah well, absolutely Geeks gave us, that's what we are talking, you know, that's our, our, those are our thoughts on Barbie. Yeah. I liked Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. too. It's more, sure. of, that's more of a thing, like where you know something. Let me get into it with the boys on this yeah. episode. I, um, I know you do. But there's, I, um, I'm just saying for the record that I thought it was really fun and funny. Oh, such Even a blast. I was tired. I can't <laughs> wait to really see tired. it again. Um, Geeks gave us, there's so much more I want to talk to you guys about. So I'm going to take these little opportunities before every audio episode to talk to you guys a little bit more. There is a movie I went to a... Uh, preview of thanks to our friends at Hulu. It's called Miguel Wants to Fight. Okay. If you guys have seen this movie, Vampires vs. the Bronx, which hit Netflix a few years ago, um, it's directed by a guy named Oz Rodriguez. I loved that movie. You liked that movie, Vampires vs. the Bronx. Much. This is Oz's next movie. It's called Miguel Wants to Fight. I loved it. It hits this week on uh, Hulu. It hits this Wednesday on Hulu, and it is so much fun. 
you're not going to know any of the actors in this thing, but it's great. It's about this group of four friends. They're in high school. There's no way these actors are in high school, which is kind of the <laughs> the fun of it is that you're like, these wait, they're supposed to be in high school? But um, it's these four friends, and they end up getting in a fight in the park, and one of them consciously does not get into the fight. And when they discover looking back through their high school years, that he's never gotten their backs in any of their petulant little fights that they've done with other people in the neighborhood. He takes it personally and is like, maybe I'm not a good friend. I should be jumping in to, to these fights and like help. You know, it's like uh, if the four Geekscapists at Comic-Con, Shane, Derek, Matt Kelly, and I ended up rumbling with people at the neighboring booths like we almost did this summer. <laughs> and we realized like, hey, wait, Matt Kelly is not fighting. And Matt Kelly takes it personally and is like, oh, I guess I'm not that good of a friend. I'm going to start training to be in a fight. Wait, let me pick people who, can, who I can fight. So the group of them get together and they start devising a list of people in their high school that he can fight. And for what reason to fight them and what reason he thinks that he could possibly beat him or beat them in a fight. And, the re- and it, it's so much fun. It reminds me of like 3 O'Clock High or like some kind of 80s type movie that and not only that, it's fun and it has a lot of cool geek tie-ins like an anime style or when he daydreams that he's fighting somebody and they suddenly cut to a Bruce Lee style like Enter the Dragon sequence mm-hmm. where it's shot like Enter the Dragon and he plays the Bruce Lee ro- uh, role while you know the bad guy plays something else. And there are so many cool fantasy sequences. If you're a fan of Scott Pilgrim or any of these kind of fight-based but really fun comedies, you gotta check out you gotta check out miguel wants to fight on hulu it's so much fun i loved it i actually heard it advertised on npr today good i hope that i hope it gets all the eyeballs i hope it gets all the eyeballs it's got a fun minority cast Mm -hmm. um it's a minority director and beyond that it's just a fucking awesome movie regardless of who uh is in front of the screen like i just i can't wait to see it again and i think you're gonna love it heidi i'm excited to see it shout out to my friend paul tui who was the sound engineer on set doing it i saw him in the credits i was like oh paul did the sound this is great we've learned how important that is too oh it's so important especially in a movie that's this funny with this good a dialogue it's a fun movie guys all right let's get you a geekscape episode with our good friends ralph and taylor and talk about their new lost documentary getting lost Check out if you if you're if you're curious. Check out the Dweeb Darlings YouTube channel for the Office Parody Monarch Camps Edition. I'll put that over on the Geekscape socials too. Okay, yeah, I'll put it. I'll probably put it on Facebook and others. It's just fun and funny. So <laughs> that's you are too. <laughs> and you can see Jonathan uh, doing a couple of little things in it as well. Anyway, on to Ninja Turtles, as you said. And Ralph and Taylor. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan London, and if this is your first Geekscape, well, I like to talk movies, video games, comic books, TV, especially this episode, and pretty much everything that you can fit under a pop culture hood and take for a spin around the block for about an hour. So I'm doing something different um, starting up. So I've been doing these live videos on Facebook, maybe you're watching on Twitch, YouTube, Maybe you're watching on LinkedIn, but if you're watching the live video, I'm starting something new and I kind of got the idea at Comic-Con because all the Comic-Con content is audio only. So I love doing the video. I will continue to do the video episodes, but 
it's not all the Geekscape content that you can get. If you listen to the audio podcast, that's really where we're going to get most of it. Um, we had four amazing episodes at Comic-Con that were only audio because there were people that were coming into the booth. They were hanging out with Matt Kelly and I, or they were signing autographs in the booth, and I was sneaking in some interviews with them. And all that stuff got stitched together and put out on the feed as audio-only episodes. There's four of them. They're awesome. They're an amazing grab bag of pop culture people. Two of them are on the podcast later today. Um, so if you want to hear all that stuff, you really have to be subscribed to the Geekscape podcast feed on whatever podcatcher you listen to. Uh, in addition to that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start, maybe you heard it on this very episode, when I'm talking to guests, it's really hard for me to be talking about their topic, subject matter, and then suddenly being like, hey, let's pivot to what I watched this weekend uh, or what uh, what I was asked to review for the podcast. And I'm just going to have you sit there for five minutes while uh, I discuss this movie or video game or comic book. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start recording longer intros by myself where I talk about maybe what's going on right now in the X-Men books with Fall of X, which is really worth talking about because it's a bit of a sea change in what's happening in the X-Men uh, comics or uh, my impressions on... Barbie or the Ninja Turtles movie, uh, which I love both of them, but that's not very in-depth for you. So if you're not listening to the audio podcast, if you're just watching the video, you're still getting a pretty dang good Geekscape, especially today with my good friends Taylor Morden and Ralph Oppel. But it's not all the Geekscape you're going to get, so what you're going to want to do to get the full Geekscape, and this isn't Patreon, this is still free, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the audio and then while you're at it, just go back and listen to those Comic-Con episodes. You get the whole Yu-Gi-Oh! Konami saga when they tried to shut off my microphone. <laughs> and uh, I didn't take too kindly to that. They were, I don't know. You, you saw it. I, it wasn't my best look. Uh, I got a little nasty. And I apologize. It, it wasn't professional. But uh, it was some pretty fun drama. And it's up there on the podcast episodes uh, for you over on uh, the Geekscape feed. So go to whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and go subscribe. All right, let's get to it. We've got an amazing episode. My friends Ralph and Taylor, uh, they're launching this brand new crowdfund campaign for their documentary, Getting Lost. It's all things lost. We're going to be talking a lot about the J.J. Abrams series, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, they've been shooting this documentary for months now, maybe a year now. We'll talk to them about it. And uh, that's coming up. So hang tight, Geekscape. You're in the right spot. Let's go. All right, Geekscapists, here we go. We've got a pretty awesome episode. We're going to be talking all about the show Lost, except uh, maybe not. Maybe we'll start with Ninja Turtles because 
as I was talking about that, uh, my two guests, Taylor and Ralph, were sitting there in the wings saying, whoa, no, 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 don't be talking about no Ninja Turtles without me. I want to be talking Ninja Turtles. Uh, but again, if you want to hear more audio stuff, just go ahead and subscribe to the Geekscape podcast feed on whatever podcast you listen to your favorite podcasts on. We are on there. Search for Geekscape. You'll be hearing it. All right. The uh, chat room is also open up on there on the YouTube and the Facebook and the Twitter. <laughs> I don't know if Twitter will do it, but uh, Twitch, that's one. Uh, so let's talk. All right. My two buddies are launching this thing this week. Geekscapus, if you're watching this live on video, it launches tomorrow, August 15th at gettinglostdoc.com. And it is an Indiegogo campaign to uh, support this documentary that the boys have been shooting. We're going to be hearing about the production here in a bit. But um, if you're a Lost fan or not a Lost fan, maybe you're just a documentary fan, gettinglost.com. Oh, no, I'm sorry, gettinglostdoc.com. If you go to that one, um, you can uh, you can get in on the Indiegogo campaign as soon as it launches. Uh, if you're watching this live, it'll launch on Tuesday, the 15th. And if you're uh, listening to this on the audio, then you're ready to go. Go to gettinglostdoc.com uh, and you'll know all about it. You can also follow the boys in the project at gettinglostdoc on all your social media. That's at gettinglostdoc. All right, enough about that. Let's get the boys in here to, to hear from the horse's mouth. All right, we got Taylor, we've got Ralph, and um, Taylor, this is your first Geekscape video. You you were a part of the, one of those Comic Con episodes because you were victim to coming by the booth. That was your mistake. And then uh, Ralph, you've been on Geekscape since the beginning. Geekscape eighteen. <laughs> I think that was my first wow. episode. <laughs> and uh, listen, dude, I got to tell you, it was so. This is what happened, Geekscape. Is this is the first I heard about the getting lost documentary it didn't even have a title at the time uh maybe it did but i i wasn't privy to it ralph called me uh and he said hey man so taylor's making a new movie and of course taylor had made a ska documentary made the last blockbuster like i the pick it up ska documentary is fantastic the last blockbuster is fantastic i have nothing but faith in anything that taylor does he's a fantastic storyteller and then ralph calls up and says hey man um you know anybody we can interview for this lost doc I'm doing putting a, together a Lost doc, and my job is to like try and find people to to interview. I guess because you're you're friends with Jorge Garcia from Lost. You guys had a podcast together for some time, and and he's a friend of yours. So I was like, okay, well that makes sense. Uh, and he's like, I, I. And then then Ralph kind of admits to me, he goes, I don't really know what a, po- a producer does. <laughs> it wasn't and, that bad. No, that that's what you said. You said just, you said I don't really know what a producer does, and I said, well, Ralph. You're doing it. You're making phone calls and you're putting people in front of camera and you're making sure the money that the, the 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 money that you guys get. Hopefully, this Indiegogo's like blows the doors off it. You guys get more than you need, but like you're making sure the money's going in the right place and you're making sure that the the footage is just getting in the can. That's it. That's your job. And then you're you're doing great, Ralph. You're doing great, man. Uh, I think yeah. I think I was in the middle of our first shoot when I called you. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you were you were Pretty setting up on. for it. Yeah, it was really early yeah. on. Yeah. And uh, and I, all I could say was like, dude, you're going to do great. And Taylor has a couple of these feature documentaries under his belt. That's what he told don't, me. Don't worry about it. Like the he, phone he calls. Yeah. Because I wasn't an immediate yes. He asked me and I'm like, okay, yeah, let me think about it. And I talked to Stevie, my wife. But I was like, I was like, I, I was like, I guess I can do it. I mean, he's asking me, and Taylor pretty much was like, "Hey, listen, I've made a number of these. You're not going to mess them up. 
I know what I'm doing. The only thing you could do is make it better. And I'm like, all right, because I don't, really don't want to mess up your documentary. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll go for it. And uh, and yeah, I mean, what's funny is your name came up is one of the reasons I called you. Um, I want to say Taylor's like, oh, do you know, I, I know a guy named Jonathan London. I'm like, <laughs> I know Jonathan. I'll give him a call. Yeah. And uh, yeah. why would you call me regarding a lost documentary? Well, I mean, uh, I was trying to get my DVR uh, uh, discs back from you. Oh, you, no. They ripped off my Kivo. No, I'm kidding. What do you I got? If you got them, they're in storage and I'll get them to you. Yeah. No, no. But I remember, I believe it was season five, because um, I'd come on that episode 18 of Geeks, Geekscape to talk about Lost. Um, and you said, oh, I'm behind. I need to somehow catch up before season six or something. And I said, I have them all on CD, DVD-R because the old TiVo I had, I would TiVo all of them and it would stick two episodes per disc with commercials. And I'm, I like lent it to you. Uh, and then by the time you finished, I think the season five uh, DVDs had come out and I had purchased. So I just said to keep them. Do you remember any of this? I don't at all. And I, I <laughs> argue that like, there might be holes like in there. 13 years ago. I had a DVR myself and I... yeah. The, I mean, the thing about Lost is that Lost really was the beginning of Hulu and the whole like yeah. shift towards on-demand television because the right. ABC had made such a great deal with Apple that really it caught the rest of the networks with their pants down when Lost hit and became the water cooler show. And when people missed the live episodes, they could all catch them on Apple and Apple made so much money. It was the beginning yeah. of, of, of the whole iTunes, iTunes thing, getting yeah. getting TV on iTunes, getting your episodes on iTunes. They made so much money, specifically off of Lost, that the other networks, Fox, CBS, they all said, hey, we got to get in on this. And it was the development of Hulu from yeah. there. It was crazy. Except yeah. Sony was like, oh, we got this. Crackle. Yeah, there was a time when Lost was by far the most DVR thing every week in the, in the DVR era. It was huge. That was the one. That was the water cooler show, and it was awesome. I mean, I remember that first season. There is an amazing cliffhanger, whether it's someone getting pulled into the trees or it's, you know, a discovery of the 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 plane, or obviously the end of season one with the hatch. It was the perfect show to go into work the next day or hit up your friends and be like, "Can you believe this happened?" You really had to watch them live. So I will continue to poke holes in Ralph's story, and when I go into it's, storage, it's, I'm going to look for these DVRs. I don't, I don't know, man, because like I'm pretty sure at the end of the day, if I, I wanted I, to see a lost episode, I purchased it. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, what if I, I go in there? Spool. It's a spool of of DV of DVD DVRs. Okay. What if I go in there and there's just a hatch in my storage unit? Yes. <laughs> what if I yes, go in there? Push a button every I, minutes. Yeah. What if I go into my storage unit and I'm like, wait, what's the combination? And it's those numbers from the Lost. Or Do you know a, the numbers? I don't know the numbers. Come on, guys. I'm a nerd about many things under Geekscape. I probably but... gave it to you to save you the money. No, I don't know. I mean, Ralph. Obviously, this is not the most. Yeah. We got this. We got yeah, this. Yeah, the yeah, the yeah. fact is, you called me. You said I'm gonna screw this up. I've never done anything right in my life. How do I produce? And I said, you're already starting, but keep me the hell out of it. 
I just want to drop by and say hi to you guys. And then I get a phone call a few months later. It's like, when do you want to do your interview? And I was like, I don't want to do no interview for a lost documentary. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, we had a we had a last minute we had a last minute cancellation, and you were the first person I called. And then you you sort of you sort of passed us off to Jason. Jason Inman, uh, who had yeah. tons of things to say about Lost, and I hope yeah. I hope some version of that interview or some bit of that interview ends up in the final movie. But like, I, I was sitting next to Jason. We were sitting down to watch Creed three in the theater, and uh, and you're like, "Hey, man, we're going to do some interviews tomorrow. Are you still good?" And I'm like, "This motherfucker really <laughs> thinks I'm going to talk about Lost on camera. Like, I don't, I got nothing to say about Lost. It's for why you guys are the guests, and I'm just talking the whole time. But um, you." I don't have anything to say. And I turned to Jason. I said, Hey man, do you want to, do you want to take my spot in this lost documentary? And Jason's like, absolutely. He's a better host. He's got a better gift of gab. He's better looking and he loves lost. So I hope, I hope he, he said some nice things. Um, tell me guys, uh, in the spirit of what we're talking about, how many times has Ralph screwed this up? Six. And I'll let him try to figure out which one. <laughs> I can tell you the first one. I can tell you the first one. Zero. Okay. Zero. How many times has you screwed this up? Okay. Talk about it. Talk about they it. They won't shoot one. Uh, uh, our first interview. <laughs> I'm over in the corner. I'm over in the corner right off the bat giggling. Who's the I'm person? Like, he, he, they're talking Who? about it's uh, Morgan Evans. Who's a, who's a writer. He's doing the, the, the Batman uh, Christmas special coming out soon okay. on uh yeah he HBO just did Max. a feature an indie feature too uh but uh, he's a huge huge lost fan he um i forget what it was he owns like the business registration for one of the fake businesses made up in lost hanzo foundation right he owns the hanzo foundation so huge lost guy is actually a great interview but ralph never done on-camera interviews before is just cracking up every time something is funny out loud and these are very sensitive microphones. But you squashed it you squashed it like it couldn't have been more than a minute because i was just i'm like hee 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 this guy's talking about lost in a movie that i'm producing and i did the clapperboard and that's this is crazy i was so it was it was there was a bundle of nerves building up before that shoot and when we finally got everything set up and sat down and they started talking, I started giggling because, oh, my gosh, we're making a documentary. How weird is that? And I was um, like, Ralph, we can hear you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, like sunk way down on my stool that I was sitting on. There's a reason um, they yell quite on set. Yes. And it applies yeah, to you I mean, too, boss man, Mr. Boss man. There was four people in the room, including the interviewee, and they all knew what was going on. <laughs> I was the one odd guy. But I think I've been good since. I think I've been good since. This, yeah. is, this is what happens, Taylor, when you, when you don't start as a PA and like right. get your sea legs going and work your way up. Like right. You went out and you just gave this guy the producer gig right off the bat. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't know did. what the hell he was doing. You know, you knew it was bad when I was one of the first phone calls. Like that is, listen, that's a no no. Listen, you you've got geek in your uh, I don't know <laughs> subtitle all the time, and geeks love Lost, so it they wasn't do. a stretch to be like, hey, maybe we should hit up Jonathan. I knew this but guy. You had I didn't people. know you guys knew each other, right? And I thought maybe you had called me as connective tissue to possibly some other perspective interviews, but right, I don't know if of, you know Benjamin Lilly. Maybe you know Evangeline Lilly. Yes. Do you know Evangeline Lilly is my question. Well, I haven't talked to Evangeline in years. You well, know, her, she, she got Marvel. Now. She went Marvel big time. Um, right Just listen, right now. Geeks will love this documentary. And Karen Morrow over on YouTube says, 
Lost fans will love the documentary. Absolutely. Um, speaking of Lost fans, like honestly, Ralph, you are such a devoted Lost fan. You had the Darmalars podcast for so long. Again, you developed relationships with many of the cast members and people involved in Lost just out of your fandom. And anytime I think of Lost, you are the person I think of. So I wasn't surprised when you called me specifically talking about being a part of this documentary because if you weren't the producer on this thing, I would have thought you'd be in front of the camera. Are you in front of the camera for some of this? Uh, no, not really. Not unless, unless you do some behind the scenes stuff. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, uh, we are, uh, this is a little peek behind the curtain. There are, there are plenty, as you know, plenty of white guys with beards out there willing to talk about TV shows and geek stuff <laughs> or have a um, podcast. Yeah. Um, and there's no short shortage of, of that uh, for us to get. So if we can get people in the, in the documentary um, um, saying things more eloquently than me, um, mm-hmm. that's great. I can say this though. Uh, we have acquired over a hundred hours of footage from an unreleased, unfinished documentary about lost podcasting that was produced in 2009. And I have an interview. I I have an interview in that. And I and I signed I signed the release form. Sorry, that's me. That's me. That's me. And I have Matt Matt Kelly just drove past the house, being like, "Hey, (laughs) can we get that as a podcast?" So I signed I signed a release for that doc in two thousand nine, and Taylor has that footage, so he can put me in, and I look like a deer in headlights i it's i looked at the footage it's awful it's (laughs) It's awful dude who filmed this stuff who made this documentary uh alex um oh man alex i feel bad i'm don't say actually don't say his name you just called this movie terrible so don't no 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 he did I'm a great terrible. job oh you the footage uh, of you is is great. what is a whole feature worth of documentary about lost but lost podcasters Mostly yeah. podcasters, but also fans while it was on TV. And the fact that we have, I mean, you know, you've done documentary stuff. Like the fact that there, this footage even exists is huge for us. It's like, like he went to fan events. He went, did everything. Oh, Somebody crazy. was in the room watching people watch episodes of Lost as they aired on real time with a camera. You and we have so that. much money on B-roll. It's exactly. And it's not just B-roll. It's, it's A-roll of like, this is what it was like. Because you can talk about it all you want. You know how it is making a film. It's like you could talk about it or you can show it. And the fact that we can actually show it because of this footage is amazing. There was no bigger t- TV show on when Lost was on TV. There was no bigger TV show. And um, as I was telling you guys beforehand, like those first three seasons to me, when it really had its engine revved and it was clear they 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 knew kind of the direction they were going and they still obviously had you know, room for discovery, the writer's room, like some of the actors clearly were, were there for bit parts and they blew everybody away. And they said, no, we got to write these guys into more. Um, the last three seasons, three seasons, right guys? Six seasons total. Yes. Mm-hmm. The last three seasons, they felt like, all right, well let's find our way back to some form of an ending, but the ratings were so big. They were not going to pull that sh- that show short, and the, you'd heard these stories that David Lindelof was like, "Hey, I, I've written this is a perfect three se- like I want to do three seasons. I have a cool story that wraps up in three seasons. Clearly, with something like, um, you know, I th- I think his Watchmen's phenomenal. Um, the mm-hmm. the one he did with Justin uh, Thoreau, 
is leftovers. leftovers. Like that is yeah. a, that's like perfect. What two, that's three, great. three seasons. He knew what he was doing. He stuck the landing. He stuck the landing with Watchmen with loss. Talk, let's talk about that landing. Like for me, yeah. it did not stick the landing. It kind of like disjointedly tried a lot of kind of neat ideas out, but there were so many things that were going into the stew at that point. And I think so many, uh, things that they had to wrap up. It, they just, I don't know if anybody was going to be satisfied with that ending, but yet there are fans who maybe thematically are, are satisfied by it. What do you guys sure. think? I think most of the people we've talked to, uh, for a documentary about lost 20 years later, love the ending. And, um, I know Ralph and I are on team. It ends good, but I will vehemently defend seasons four, five, and six against one, two, and three, just in terms of um, television, right? So season one, 24 episodes of TV back when all shows were 24 episodes of TV. And it's maybe a perfect season of television. It's great most expensive pilot at the time. It's amazing. And that's why we're all here. Season two, very similar season three. They're like, how long is this show going to go on? We got to do 24 episodes every season forever because ABC, obviously like if you have the number one show on television, why are you going to end that show? Mm -hmm. Like that is you wouldn't. And the people with the money will say, can we get 10 seasons? Can we get 12 seasons? Right. At the end of season three, uh, to my knowledge, it was the first time a showrunner went into the big office with the biggest show on TV and said, look, we need an end date. Here's how many episodes we can do. Here's how much story we have to tell. And the last three seasons of Lost are shorter. They're 14, 15, and 16 episodes, which is the the norm now, right? Mm -hmm. They're structured in a way that, yeah, sure, they were trying a lot of new things, but they were also like, these are all the things we wanted to do before the show ends. We know we only have 36 episodes left or whatever. So season four does all these crazy flash forwards. Season five has this time travel thing. And season six has this flash sideways thing that I don't know, man, as a, like a sci-fi mystery nerd, like that's why I was watching the show. I love those last three seasons also because it was the first time I can remember that I saw an episode or a season of TV that was 14 episodes long. That was like the pacing just is nonstop for those last three seasons because they knew the end date. And now everybody's like, I've got a show for HBO. It's 12 episodes. That's the end. It's like a BBC channel four model. It was really something that they've been doing in Canada or they've been doing in 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 England for a while. Sure. Yeah. It was the doctor who model or whatever, where Mm -hmm. they're like, here's how long the story is you guys figure it out and lost uh, on broadcast mainstream network television. It was the first time that had ever happened. And as a viewer of it, I remember being like, Oh man, there's only going to be 14 episodes next season. Like I want 24. I want more of the meandering where they just walk around the beach and talk about their feelings. But with with so many things like packed in to those, I, I, a part of me felt like they did not have enough episodes. Like it feels like to me, those last one or two seasons of game of Thrones where I was like, Hey, this stuff really started coming at a clip. And especially with the the last season of game of Thrones, 
yeah. I felt like we needed another season to flesh like, like that that whole White Walker stuff, which is the own like the impetus of so much. Yeah. I mean, they start the pilot of the first episode of Game of Thrones starts with the White Walkers, and then it just felt like it got you know I I, I kind of loved that one end fight with the White Walkers, but there was a lot more threat that I thought could have been placed in there, and then of course some of the character decisions felt like very rushed there at the end with the final attack, uh, the final battle, yeah. um, with law. And that it like came a, up. So many, so many of those mysteries, when you think about the mysteries of, you know, the shark with the Dharma initiative logo on it, or, you know, the polar bear, this is that yeah. like, I wanted answers. So many of the fans wanted answers. And I'm one of the fans that just They're wanted in there. Answer. Don't start with that. No, no. I don't, I don't. Do I have to go back in there and like make excuses for some of this stuff, man? Is that what you no. want to do, fan? Like, are they actually in there? Are they are in, in there. So there is a. Do I have to like, minute... have to, like pause a shot and like zoom no. into the background and be like, oh my god, there's a note card on the back of a of a postcard in the background on a map, and there's the answer. Like, I, I'm not doing that, man. Come yes on. Yes and no. There was a 12-minute epilogue to Lost that most people who watched it casually never saw because it was only on the DVD. Is but it a Coca-Cola polar bear commercial with the Dharma Lars underneath the Coca-Cola bottle? It's exactly that. No, it's it's 12 it's minutes of them just answering. It's just answers for 12 minutes, of, and it's canon. It's part no. of the show. Wait, what? Yes. You made that up. No, and a lot of people who like complain about the ending of Lost have never seen this because – I think they would have loved to have aired it, but they never did. And it was only on the DVD. And why would you buy the DVD if you didn't like the ending? What? Ralph, you didn't give me that burned ass CDR. Like you didn't burn yeah. that onto a DVDR. Like because it, because it came out, it's on the season six DVD, but which yeah, came again, out months after, and it's not available on Hulu or, or yeah, they don't include it as part of the show. So guys, you could find your frustrations you, with that last season in that a lot of the stuff, got answered for the major characters and there's deaths and there's revelations and things like that. But ultimately a lot of the suspense, high concept cliffhanger mysteries, those were actually answered in Canon. And it's not just the producers being like, well, here's the answer to that. There, these are, this is a, this is like story stuff that answers the questions. Yeah. It's pretty much, it's pretty much Ben Linus walking into a, I mean, I can describe it a little. Describe it, please. Describe it a little yeah. bit. Uh, ben Linus <laughs> walks into a Dharma warehouse where two guys receive via printout fax coordinates to drop the food drops. They don't question sure. where it came from. They're like, "Hey, my paycheck shows up in my mailbox. I don't ask where these things come from." Ben Linus walks in with a binder full of orientation DVDs from the Dharma initiative uh, asks both of these guys to, to ask him one question. He answers their question and leaves the, the DVDs with them. They pop it in and it's the, it's the Dr. Marvin candle explaining a ton of stuff. Yeah. The polar bear thing. If you, if you, you can pick up the clues and piece things together. If you watch the show closely, what about the shark? flat out tells you, the shark is never addressed. Okay. The shark okay. is not addressed. Okay. But they, they at the, the real uh, jump at, the shark moment in the smoke monster. Smoke monsters explained. You didn't watch the yeah. show. Okay. Okay. Well, I watched the show <laughs> once. I watched every episode <laughs> once. But if you uh, Mark Mark mentioned it in the chat, if you watch the, it's called the New Man in Charge. It's available on YouTube. Uh, 
Um, yeah. And it's it's 12 minutes of loss that you haven't seen. And it's 100% canon. Guys, that would have... I don't know if I don't know if that would satisfy everybody. Like Chris Fafalios no, is no. in the chat saying, "I watched that extra thing." And I was still yeah, satisfied. Okay. Yeah, uh, fair. Uh, yeah. Now, but you mentioned polar bears, and that's specifically yeah. brought up in they that. Specifically okay. talking about the polar bears, but just to go back a little guys, bit, guys, I'm so, I'm going to look that up though, guys, because again, like regardless of what you thought narratively of Lost, you cannot deny the careers it launched, how well it was written, how well it was produced. Right. The directing is amazing. Like just looking at JJ's career, directing that first pilot, and yeah. then going from there and getting the like getting that third Mission Impossible movie, which is still one of the best Mission Impossible movies. It's, I think it's, it's saved awesome. the franchise. Totally saved the franchise. After like I I love John Woo. John Woo sent me to film school, but how many people in the 90s did john Wu send to film school but like it was great and uh and uh and here we go with 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 jj then doing star trek 2009 which is amazing and it all kind of feels to me like it started with loss loss was so huge and like i said earlier there's no hulu without the deal that abc made with apple and putting Lost up there for people to binge watch after they've been talking about it it. was their number one bargaining chip when they were figuring out how do we do streaming they're like well we've got this one show that not only do people want to watch but the people who watch it they want to watch it over and over again all week until the next one comes out Mm -hmm. they want a podcast about it they want to go online to these message boards and i think like you know these people in suits in la were just they didn't understand what to do with this show sure you know the internet took hold of it and we didn't know either because social media wasn't really a thing. Twitter was invented halfway through the show. This was MySpace era. Yeah. You know, we were talking about lost time- on MySpace and message boards. Yeah. But this <laughs> when- was like the first, I mean, we, I started podcasting with geek Drome and then geekscape and we, we still had our, our, what were they? The message boards for those shows. And we I and was people, on both of those. You were on both of them, Ralph. And we yeah. talked about lost and we talked about it you a might- lot. My wife theories. listens to Geek Drum. My wife was listening to Geek Drum and says, you got to listen to these guys. Uh, and so She's I, who brought you into my orbit? Your wife was yeah, a, listen, listen to the yeah. first podcast. Stevie listened to Geek Drum. Hmm. She's like, this really, this guy's cute. Yeah. She's talking about Dan. <laughs> she doesn't talk about me. <laughs> but no, yeah, that was what was going on back then. The first time Jorge ever reached out to me um, was through MySpace DM. Wow. And I'm like, that's I was it was it was insane and then How the next Jorge? day he's great Jorge Garcia who yeah. you know from the yeah. Hurley cover of the Weezer album that's um, where I know from I, <laughs> hey I'm a big Weezer fan um it, I mean I think that that story is amazing and it just kind of puts into perspective where we were when Lost hit in yeah. what a it, like how it just nailed the cultural zeitgeist of the mystery and guys post 9-11 War on Terror, you can't, you kind of can't um, dismiss the political nature of what was going on in the country and how everyone was questioning a lot. We're still questioning a lot. I mean, this is still something that we do. We actually have legit conspiracy theorists and QAnon and weird, weird well, crap and, going on now. But that was kind of like the beginning of it post 9 yeah. 11. It feels like people were starting to say, like, oh, what does that mean? When they're when they're zooming into the planes hitting the buildings yeah. and they're being like, it was a false flag or wait, jet fuel doesn't burn like this. And, you know, everybody started becoming a conspiracy theorist. Which Here comes changed. Lost. 
and it just kind of fans the flames of what people are already doing, but in a safe way. And I remember that when we made Doc of the Dead about zombie culture, my big theory with, with zombies and why Walking Dead and zombie culture got so popular was post, again, post 9-11, post Katrina, post disaster imagery in your face. This is real shit that was happening in the world. People are dying big time. We're talking tsunamis, earthquakes, fires, terrorism. We were in trauma. We were we were being traumatized. The human race had had a PTSD through their cell phones and through their computers at high speed. And I think zombies were the safe way to think about survival and think about our own mortality. And Simon Pegg said it really well in Doc of the Dead. He said, it's a metaphor for death because no matter how healthy we are, no matter how much we try to outrun it, it's still going to come for us. And ultimately it's us. And it's not it, it's not elitist. It's not like a vampire. It's not like a werewolf where you have to do something very specific to become one. Everyone dies. And it goes for the rich. It goes for the poor. It goes for the old. It goes for the young. Um, lost in just this conversation with you is the, was the safe way to talk about conspiracy and, and secrets and deception. And a lot of the things that we were dealing with on a macro level in those years. Um, also misconceptions. I feel like the the introduction of Saeed and Sawyer, mm-hmm. um, those two characters were definitely playing off that. Yeah. Right. 100%. Yeah. You had um, Sawyer kind of a blue state and you had Saeed sort of an, a, a, a Middle Eastern, you yeah. know, and you kind of ha- uh, a red state. I'm sorry. A red yeah. state. A red state. Yeah. Um, so our good friend, Chris Fafalios, who just played the Four Chord Festival in Pittsburgh. I know you're friends with nice. uh, We're all friends with Chris. Uh, his band Punchline just played a, a festival over the weekend. Where a fucking, I think like a hurricane hit it. Um, but I, he's okay. He's okay. Um, he says everybody was talking about loss. Some bands were even writing songs about it. Uh, Punchline being one of them. Um, and I know the guys in Punchline, that's when I started working with them. They, they got together and they were, uh, all the bands on tour together would talk about theories all week. Um, I don't think there's a, anybody who wasn't touched by this cultural, just what's great. What's crazy about lost though, is it's a sci-fi show. It's a, it's a backdoor you and it backdoored you into watching sci-fi. You thought you were watching a survival show and survivor in itself, maybe, maybe got us primed to watch Lost, right? Like how much is survivor reality show? My mom watched it because it was a soap opera. Yeah. I watched it for the sci-fi. Like yeah. it, it hit a lot of different genres that that attracted everybody. Yeah, it attracted you're right. Everybody. There are people that were in it just for the relationships. We have someone on the that we uh, interviewed that was talking about, you know, their mom was into Jack, she was into Sawyer, hmm, and right. that would be the conversation. You know, that was so Wolverine. And, that's Wolverine and Cyclops. That is so Wolverine and Cyclops. You got right. like the Boy Scout, and then you got like this guy who won't shave. Bad boy. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> The thing about it and the the reason it reached so many people is because it did have all these different things. You know, it was a sci-fi show. It was a mystery show. It was a romance show. It was a drama. It was comedic. You know, you got Hurley coming in, making a joke every other episode. And so what happened was in the early 2000s, we still watched TV with our family, like in groups, right? It wasn't everybody on their own screen. It wasn't two screens. It wasn't any of that like we do now. And so you'd have these these families getting together. That's one thing that's come up a lot as we talk to people about Lost is like, it's not about what was on the screen. It's about 
oh, my grandmother watched it with me and my dad watched it with me and we all liked it for different things and we talk about it for hours in between episodes and what do you think's going to happen? What do you think's in the hatch? And what do you think the polar bears are doing there? And what's this smoke thing? We don't get that anymore because now entertainment is so segmented. Like if you want to watch your very specific show on your very specific platform, well, you watch it on your screen and I'll watch mine on my screen and we don't all sit together at, at the same time. Right. That's the thing we also forget is like people watch lost at eight o'clock on Thursdays. Nobody watched Lost, you know, at a different time. They, you could look, you could drive up and down a street and look in the windows and house after house would be watching the exact same thing. You don't want to get spoiled. Like, I think if anything, right. maybe the Marvel stuff right. now, because of spoiler culture, maybe the Marvel stuff now or Game of Thrones. Game of right. Thrones was probably pretty close. But even but that, you watch it right. like the Marvel stuff comes out like, and the star Wars stuff, right? Ralph. Yeah. Does a star Wars I mean, podcast. I specifically have to stay off the internet with a lot of that stuff because exactly. people spoil it. And you get up on that morning, like Wednesday morning, you watch your book of Boba Fett very first thing before you look at the internet. Right. Mm-hmm. right. But it used to be like, I get up at five 30 and watch it and you get up at seven and watch it. We're all watching it at different times. It used to be right. eight o'clock on a Thursday. We've all watched lost. And then nine o'clock, we all go on the internet. And talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The good thing about like, uh, the good thing with like Disney plus and HBO is they release their stuff um, once a week, mm-hmm. which is great. And lost came out once a week. It give you plenty of time to talk about it. The problem with other streamers is they'll release a whole season at once. So you can't even discuss it with your friend. But you can't discuss it with your friend because they might be on episode three when you're on episode four and you, there's no lining up your viewing schedule. I, I like those lost. first few seasons of The Witcher, I, but they came out the Comic Con sandwiched the, the the beginning of the the third season, the second part of the third season. I didn't get a chance to catch up or watch the first part because I was getting ready for Comic Con. I didn't. I was recovering from Comic Con afterwards. Didn't watch the second part of The Witcher. I haven't watched any of The Witcher season three, and now I feel like nobody's talking about it. My my motivation to watch it, nobody's talking about it. Like yeah. now, and, all and we it's have. All we have are Ninja Turtles. We'll talk about the Ninja Turtles movie. I <laughs> want to say real quick that the, the, the movie movies now, like the shows that I really watch live, the show that, that we definitely watch right away is Heidi and I make. She watches a lot of TV without me because I'm like so specific. I'm like, I'd rather be writing. Um, but um, but Strange New Worlds, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is is the show right now. I love that show. I think it's so much fun. And I'm not a Trekkie, but but Christopher Pike is my captain now because I think Strange New Worlds is so much fun. They did a musical episode, guys. They did an episode where they like went into this nebula and it was making them communicate in song because of reverberations and the way that like they suddenly could only really emit song it was a musical episode but it was scientifically based in some sci-fi basis for a musical episode it was so much fun it was one of those things where they just explained it in a star trek way and then they cured it in a star trek way and it was a great uhura episode and everybody gets their episodes to shine on the star trek strange new worlds and i'm gonna miss it i haven't watched i have not watched the season finale yet but that's the show that i watch every week and the other shows i kind of will just like binge through a weekend i think you're right guys like the event television it's very few and far between and we've been segmented as people it it, would would a big show like that be what unites our nation i mean so game of thrones tried 
yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, when that finale hit, uh, Lost was back in the news, right? Everybody's like, this is the biggest disappointment since Lost. That was <laughs> the headline when Game of Thrones came out. Ironically, years earlier, George R.R. R. Martin had come out and said, I'm going to be very careful writing the ending of Game of Thrones because you don't want to blow the ending like Lost. Like, he said that, and then and then look what happened. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. We don't have these events anymore. Like, we're all old enough to remember, I mean, maybe not the ending of MASH live, but like no. the ending of Cheers, the ending of Friends, the ending of Seinfeld. The ending of Seinfeld things. is the one I remember. People got yeah. crazy for ending of Seinfeld. I remember that one really specifically. And then people were complaining about that ending too, where they all went to jail, but they all deserved to go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but lost was at the tail end of 10, 15 million people watching the same show at the same time. Mm -hmm. Now you're lucky if you get that total over the year that your thing is out on streaming. uh, Christopher Robinson is in the Facebook group and he's saying serialized television has been shown. It's so much better for retention. I've been shows in a day and can't tell you almost anything about it. But talk sliders or X Files, I can't remember. I can and I can remember individual episodes. Uh, same brother, Mark Vibert says, always makes me upset with how many people think Lost blew the ending. And I'm not going to say it blew the ending; it just wasn't my ending because most of them weren't actually paying attention to what was being said or done in the finale. And I think ultimately, Mark, a lot of that stuff was because you talked about it throughout the week so much things that you did possibly miss your friends didn't or they went back and they're like dude right. no no there was a clue you missed a clue you like oh and then you go back and maybe watch it or something um but yeah uh chris Fahalius has a great one he says a prestige show that nailed the ending really stuck the landing was atlanta atlanta i heard nothing but great things about that ending um but we will see guys the film is going well. Can you tell us some of the people you've interviewed? Because we really should push this uh, Indiegogo that starts this week. Uh, again, Geekscape, if you want to support the Indiegogo, uh, if you're watching this live, as many of you are, uh, go to gettinglostdoc.com. You're going to see a portal to some of the Indiegogo. You can probably set up for some reminders. And also, Getting Lost Doc on any of the socials, and you'll be able to see and follow them and see what they got, the news that comes down the pipe. But... Um, Talk to me a bit about who's in the documentary, if you can reveal. I've been seeing on your socials some pretty good names from from Lost, whether or not they were part of the writing team or the stars of Lost. Like It's kind of impressive who you guys are getting. I would say your producers turned things around from the chuckle nutty way that he started this, this project. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's definitely a team effort. Uh, to not laugh uh, while somebody is blowing a tape. Well, no, as far as getting the people, I did. I have. I can't take all the credit, not even remotely. But um, <laughs> uh, we've been working pretty well as a team, uh, and we've got oh, a ton sure. of people. We've we've done twenty nine sit down interviews, mm-hmm. um, sure. and then an additional, I think, eleven with some fans. And we shot the the Comic Con panel a couple weeks ago uh, for Lost, um, and we're just. I, I mean. I, I I don't know if I want to rattle off a bunch of names. You want to rattle off some names? Give me a handful of names. I mean, there's yeah. that you've already you've already shown in social media that could get. Yeah, me we've announced most on on the socials, but your listeners probably don't follow us yet. So, um, I mean, we got Jorge Garcia who plays Hurley. That's it's like Ralph's roommate at this point. That's yeah, Ralph's you best friend. Such, you guys are such close did. friends. I wanted to be your best friend, and instead, Jorge Garcia beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, Jorge Garcia is a pretty cool dude mm-hmm. in the world of. Weezer fans. I don't fault. Um, and we got, we got a bunch more of the cast. Um, 
we got the, the guy who played Walt. He's now a grown man, uh, which is funny. But he was also in a band, had a Billboard Top 10 hit. Are you serious? Like yeah. It was a pop song. He was in a band called MKTO. And they had a song called Classic that was like in 2010. I think uh, and Matt Kelly of uh, One Hit Thunder would know that, but I do not know that. That's yeah, there's, yeah, there's a good one hit for you. I tried to, I was talking to them. I was like, we should do uh, You All Everybody by Drive Shaft. Uh, uh, yeah. Your entire audience. That's <laughs> They they put a kibosh pretty early on fictional songs over. Yeah, because they're all one hit wonders. Yeah, but every Drive single Shaft one. would be awesome. <laughs> well, who else? I mean, yeah, well, like we get- LA Comic Con's coming up. Got- if there's anybody we- from Lost in the LA Comic Con, uh, I started just started getting solicitations already for LA Comic Con, which I think is in early December. If there's anybody from the Lost cast, like let's let's go shoot some stuff. For sure. But um, yeah, uh, Michael Giacchino has joined us. Not only is Michael Giacchino joining us, he's also provided the music for our film, which is nuts. Um, I mentioned that he on did the, the audio. Music for Lost. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and he he recorded this music at the time he was doing Lost. Um, so uh, it's fully orchestrated, uh, about an hour and five minutes of music that's been unreleased. Um, and he's a cool dude and thought that this was a project that uh, it should go towards. Uh, he's been sitting on it for you know 13 years so you're getting like um, lost demos and like lost music it's not even de- it's like it's, but it's, 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 it's fully, fully done but so, it's, fully, it's a fully orchestrated piece of music uh not from lost but sounds like lost except there's an inclusion cool. of woodwinds and uh <laughs> it's he, he just gave it to us he's like here have it Can that's incredible yeah and um, Ralph, it's a documentary, so it's going to fit our documentary perfectly. Ralph, can you get um, can you get him? In, can I can I get him on to talk Werewolf by Night with me? Yeah, probably. Can you, I mean, just can you get like this? I got it. I want to talk Werewolf by Night, man. I love that. That's Disney why special. we're here. That Disney Plus special. I want the hear my request from you guys because because I've been supporting you guys for a long time with your promotions. True, true. Michael Giacchino and Jorge Garcia. Because I, I just want to talk Weezer with Jorge. Listen, you could talk Weezer with me. I co-wrote and produced and performed on a Weezer song that's on a Weezer album. I just got a royalty check from what? the app the other day. Which one? Weezer. Uh, I worked on a song called Turning Up the Radio. It was the only single off their album, Death to False Metal, which was right before Hurley. Yep. Uh, I'm a huge Weezer fan. I've played in four different Weezer tribute bands now. I am a Weezer aficionado. Okay, you're going to join Hurley and I on it. And if you want to talk Weezer, for I know a lot more about Weezer than Jorge does, for I sure. Know. Guys, <laughs> did you know I PA'd on the first Island in the Sun video? I didn't. <laughs> not the, the, not the, the one that Spike Jones did. but the, the one with the animals. No, that's the one Spike Jones did. The, 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 the first one was um, coming right off of the Hashpipe video. And so they got... Um, Oh my God, I'm blanking, but I really love this director and I'm blanking. Uh, so they gave him another video and it was the like King Sierra video for Island of the oh, Sun. Oh, right, right. That's such a weird video. I, I love just, it. It's a weird video. And they actually like redid the video with Spike Jones for the animal video. But I, I kind of prefer the King Sierra one, not just because I worked yeah. on it and got to meet everybody. I mean, Brian Bell was just so... Brian Bell was really nice to me and he kind of took me under his wing and like we'd get coffee and stuff and he gave me a signed copy of the Green Album afterwards. But I just remember talking to him like, hey, like, this looks good. Like this video looks good. And he goes, it's kind of hard to make a video. And then it wasn't until I was directing videos later on that I appreciated like, 
it's hard to make a video that That's works. True. Like it's sometimes really hard to, to stick the landing on the videos. Um, Brian yeah. Bell, um, they did this series of music events called uh, Hootenannies mm-hmm. right around the time I was doing the song with them. So we were emailing and I was recording my guitars and sending them to them and doing all that. They did these Hootenannies where they would have people come and play weird instruments on stage with them. And I'm a trumpet player from the ska world. So I'm like, I'm going to bring my trumpet. Can you guys get me up on stage? Stadium show. I'm going to play one of your guitar solos on trumpet. And there's not a lot of rehearsal time for these hootenanny things. I'm backstage and there's one run through and I blew it. I was the worst you've ever heard a trumpet play. Uh, it was the guitar solo from uh, Beverly Hills. It'd be the right? equivalent of giggling during a take on a documentary. It's very close. And Brian <laughs> Bell came up to me afterwards and he was like, I don't know, man. You really better practice. You really better get <laughs> You were sweating, dude. You were and sweating. I was just like, oh my God. And then I I did nail it at the thing, but I spent the next hour and a half just running that solo over and over again. <laughs> I love it, dude. There's so much so, Taylor. What's great about it is like there's so much I don't know about you. And our <laughs> friendship has lasted years, but yeah. we have not actually been in the same room until this past couple months ago when when jason inman and i went over to record jason's interview and i just popped in real quick to be like hey guys do you mean i carry a c-stand and um that's really amazing uh dingle and johnson in the comments is saying hey i just realized i'm realizing that i saw taylor perform sell out at uh, back to the beach i've I've played trumpet with weezer Mm -hmm. real big fish and the Backstreet Boys. Well, twenty nineteen. I think I'm the only person who's done that. Would have been with. I mean, I yeah no. I, the the really fish guys were so. Those were my guys for so long because I did those videos for them, and I love that band. I love Scott Klopfenstein dearly, uh, yeah. and Danny and John. And um, speaking of bands that we, we both love, like I saw Suburban Legends play at Backyard Party last weekend and i just love i love aaron and vince and clem so much and brian and and uh it's crazy mr uh morgan how like parallel we've been existing for like probably two three decades and we just in the last five years started like actually connecting quite a bit um Geekscape is we are going to talk about the new Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie, but I, I want to get a little reminder here that, again, if you want to learn more about the, the Lost documentary, whether or not you're a Lost fan, because clearly these two guys are fun and you want to support them, yeah. go to gettinglostdoc.com and sign up for like some of the social medias. Go follow them on social media, uh, Getting Lost Doc, uh, and then check out this Indiegogo and see like how you can help out, what the different tier rewards are potentially, and really like what they got to do to make things easier on them. This movie's going to happen regardless. That's the way documentaries go. But if you can do anything to help them, pay for some flights, pay for, for some footage, pay maybe for some festival submissions, pay for all the things that go into making an independent movie. Um, they, I know the boys will really appreciate it. Yeah. And I don't want to leave you guys hanging. So I, I, I will run through a list of people that are in the movie. Um, <laughs> so, so we, we've been interviewing both fans and, and uh, cast and crew. So mm-hmm. Malcolm David Kelly, who played uh, Walt, we have Jay and Jack from the Lost Podcast with Jay and Jack. Sean Diston, who's a writer and actor on the TBS Lost parody, Wrecked. Um, MC Ganey. Yeah, MC Ganey's great. MC, he's MC, in everything. MC Ganey's, he's amazing. 
uh, Jorge Garcia uh, from the Kaiju podcast with Jorge and Ralph. And I ran for, I ran for, <laughs> for four years. Covered. For four years. Hey, Ralph, why are you putting these episodes up and not putting them? Like, why are you putting podcasts together and they're not on Geekscape, the network? Maybe they, we I'll weren't put, a network. I'll put that on there. I'll put yeah, that please on there do. Talk sure. to Matt Kelly. Because Matt was Kelly. telling me get Darmalars on there. And I'm like, no, that's, no that's, to Matt Kelly. The thing is, like, we, we, yeah, no, but we put ads on everything and you can make a little bit of change yeah. on it. Like, why not? Uh, like Michael Giacchino, Fred Lane, Jason Inman, Sonia Walger, who played Penny on, on Lost. Love um, Sam Levine from Freaks and Geeks, huge fan. Uh, Sterling Beaumont, who was a little 12 year old uh, uh, Ben Linus. Mm-hmm. Uh, is all now grown up. Uh, Hector Devaro, uh, Patrick Fischler, who played uh, Phil, a uh, Dharma guy. Ali Gertz, Eric Lang, uh, Sean Whalen, who you know from the Got Milk commercial, the Aaron Burr Got I Milk like commercial. He's also the newsboy in Batman Returns. And also played was... Neil Frogert on Lost. And he but he's in, in my, in my and favorite in movie of all B- time. B- B- BFP. I'm... That thing oh. you do. He was, wasn't Sean Whalen in the FP? Sean Whalen. What are you saying? He's the got Sean milk guy. Whalen. Aaron Burr. That guy. Yes, Sean Whalen is in the FP. Sean Whalen is absolutely in the FP. And is, Sean Whalen, he's like the, the FP. You, you know the FP. Jason Tross and Jason Tron, Tross and Brandon Tross movie about uh, like DDR oh. to the death in the post apocalyptic future. The FP. You don't, you've yeah, never seen the, oh my God, Ralph, you would love it. Is that the, is that the, yeah, yeah, you've told me about it. The That's FP like a, is the it movie it? that Jason and Brandon Trost did where these guys have to DDR to the death in a post-apocalyptic yeah, yeah. future. Sean Whalen is absolutely in it. And Sean Whalen <laughs> came back up in my orbit during the strike because as an actor, he went on, on uh, TikTok and made yeah. a TikTok about how little he makes off of the, like the Disney Nickelodeon shows that. Yeah, really yeah. used him quite a bit and it was a pretty sobering tiktok if you ever want to put in perspective right. what these actors are going yeah, through because people are coming at him saying oh you're a rich actor you know sean whalen yeah. is not a rich actor he's a character actor and those guys have to work hard like like i mean that's yeah. tough uh, real, we've been we've real... been to his house and it's very modest i it's love sean whalen. Home. i've never actually he's met great. him but he's such a good dude and he's worked with great guys like you and jason and um, and, and, and while you're at it, Ralph, mm-hmm. get get Sean Whalen. I'm throwing him into the package deal. Like, okay, here's 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 the order. Here's the here's the laundry list. Here's what you're going to deliver to me. Okay, you got it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to get a Sean Whalen. Okay. I'm going to get a Jorge Garcia. Okay. And we're going to get a Michael Giacchino. And the, that's that's okay. what I want. Okay. Like okay. it does. Listen, we're going to ask for Simon Pegg, John Oliver, and Jonathan London. That's the trade. I, I can get you, Jonathan. Yeah, it's it's a little disproportionate, but uh, Jonathan Lennon brings the stock value down quite a bit. <laughs> uh, you know what? We you know what stinks is my buddy's got this Dander Fordor, Fordor movie coming out with Simon Pegg, and we're like working on it. I don't, Simon can't do the podcast while the strike's going on. You can't. I don't think yeah, so. I'm going to look into it, but like, he, it's got to be like a micro budget. It's got to well, be like under fifty thousand. Yeah, it's not that, but uh, but yeah. but I, I'm definitely going to try and get the director Adam on the show to talk about it. But yeah. but he was like, "Yeah, we can get Simon." But then the strike happened. It's like Geekscape is sorry. I'll keep working yeah. on it. But that Nander yeah. Fordor movie looks so much fun, and Simon's in it, and Ruthie O'Connell, who I met on Supernatural, is in it, and um, it looks great. Yeah. Stevie um, put it in our in our shared calendar so that we don't forget to go catch it. 
Yeah. Um, who else? You know who I met on Supernatural is the other Lost guy. He played the devil on Supernatural. He's who was the, who was he on Lost? Um, uh, I met his uh, Mark Pellegrino. Okay. Oh yeah, I, I, a, I, I still talk to his wife. Picture of him right Tracy. there. Mark Pellegrino is a great dude. He's really good, cool dude. Um, maybe I can send an email. I don't know. We're talking off off camera. Let's see if we can maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all haven't interviewed Mark, yeah. right? No, no uh, we we'll, have see. Not. we'll see. Maybe if the maybe that's a tier for the Indiegogo. Put it in there. There you go. All <laughs> right, let's talk turtles. Let's talk turtles. Okay, Geekscape. So I was going to say this in my intro, but you guys already heard my intro. Uh, I got Heidi to I the have the movies I've looked forward to most this year. Um, this is probably number one, and obviously we had a Spider-Man movie this year. We had Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and that's just that's incredible. Amazing. I saw it twice, loved it. The Barbie movie, really, I loved it too. Um, but the movie I was looking forward to most this year, the one that I was like, "All right, I gotta see this movie day one," and I did, was yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, and I love the Spider-Verse adjacent art style. I love the fact that it looks like an indie comic. If I mean, this movie is beautiful. And it's not just beautiful. Seth Rogen's behind it. It's hilarious. This movie is hilarious. And not all the jokes are in the trailer. I would say much funnier bits are in the movie than what you got oh, yeah. in the trailer. I laughed out loud so many times in the theater. Just... I smiled the whole time, and it, the it, you know, t- it took however many years of Ninja Turtles, what like thirty five years they've been around, to actually like lean into the teenager part of it. Yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised at the fact that these weren't just like older versions of they weren't just ninjas, and they weren't just kind of saying cowbunga every two seconds, but they talked like teenagers. They felt all individual like teenagers. They had insecurities like teenagers, and. What I loved about the movie, I think, where I was like, okay, this movie is going to be awesome, is that it dealt with the loneliness and the doubt of being a teenager yeah. and finding your place in the world, especially for four teens that were raised in a sewer. And there's a scene early in the movie where they have to go out and scavenge for food because Splinter's told them that the outside human world isn't to be trusted. And by that point, we've already had the opening where you see Baxter Stockman's character, played by my wingman, um, Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, his lab gets raided. The ooze, you know, ends up in the sewers. It's a bit of a difference from the Kevin Eastman, um, Peter Laird origin story of the of the Daredevil origin story, where the 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 truck has the ooze fall off the back and ends up in the sewers, which is the Daredevil origin. And mm-hmm. Kevin right. Eastman and Peter Laird were very clear in saying that this is a parody yeah. of Daredevil. That's and, why it's the foot, and I love it. That's why that's the foot the versus hand. the hand, and I yep. love that stuff. And I was telling somebody that in the lobby, and they were like, you're putting me on. And I said, fuck, no, I'm not. Go Google it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a parody of Daredevil and Frank Miller's Daredevil. Um, So you have this scene where they are going out to get food, and they're starting to want to be more teenagers. They have questions about the outside world. Clearly, they they trust Splinter, and and they love Splinter, and that he says, don't trust the human world. But they are looking at an outdoor screening on a rooftop of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And they just want to go and enjoy the movie with the rest of the teenagers. And it's so sad. And each of them have their own sad kind of story and doubts. Like, you know, Leonardo, is he a leader? He hasn't done anything as a leader right so far, but he keeps wanting to be the leader. And they each have their own 
uh, problems, but it collectively uh, they need to come out of the shadows and establish themselves. And you know, the mistakes are coming. And then what they did with April in bringing her back to the character origin stories. And actually, I mean, they, they actually not just, I think racially, they brought her back as a person of color, like Kevin Eastman's original wife, uh, who she was based on. But then they made her a teenager as well, which is kind of a daring change because she I don't think she's ever been a teenager in any of the iterations, but it works so well here because she's on a parallel journey with the main characters and she too had to prove herself. So it's really these five characters having mm-hmm. to prove themselves. Right. right. I thought this movie was beautiful thematically and then it was just <laughs> effing hilarious. Yeah. Um, am I just am I not covering any bases on this thing? I mean, this movie, I got to see it again. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it was, I mean, I don't think you can talk enough about how great the art style is, how the, you know, it's, it's not Spider-Verse. We use Spider-Verse as like, oh, it's kind of like that because it's, you know, choppy and looks hand-drawn. It's not but, traditional Pixar looking. No, this, right. this, this legitimately looked more indie comics. If this, yeah. if, if Spider-Verse yeah. is a Marvel comic and kind of a little bit more glossy, this is an indie comic. It's got so many rough edges in the artwork and I love yeah. that. That's that's what was so great is like you see all these characters, you know, no no spoilers or anything, but there's a ton of mutants in it and everything, and they're all drawn like just crazy, like a kid drew them. And you can still see etch marks yeah. in it. You can still yeah. see pencil markings in the it's artwork. So great. It's so great. I got to tell you, when those mutants started coming out, and I had ever, I mean, I still have the action figures. There, those are in storage next to the CDRs that I got them all right here. Uh, and I have them in the case. I have them in that plastic case that opens up and folds out. I have all the original toys of these things. Um, when I started seeing them, almost like a roll call as they get out yeah. of the vehicles. Yeah. And they're my entire shelf of action figures. And some of them are deep cuts. Some of them oh, yeah. we'd recently re-familiarized ourselves with on the Shredder's Revenge video game that came out. Because a lot, a lot of them Such are in the Shredder's Revenge. How is that? That should have been. What do you mean? How is that? You should have played it. Oh, good. Dude, I'm stuck on Tears of the Kingdom. Well, Tears of the Kingdom came out way later. You should have already blown past it. Dude, they put out Yusagi Ujimbo on Shredder's Shredder's Revenge. Oh, yeah. As a DLC character. I got to go get that. We got to play. Hey, Taylor, are you playing on a Switch or on Xbox? Or what are you playing on? Switch. Oh, Switch. Well, let's play with us. Okay. My big Yanks over here uh, and I are on a family plan together. How is Big Yanks? Big Yanks is doing great. I love Big Yanks. He's he's uh he's entering a new era in his life and he's flourishing and his his daughter's off to college. Big Yanks is great. Geekscape is big that's what you do with Geekscape. Like Big Yanks is somebody who's been listening since year one, since as long as Ralph. Yeah. And his daughter, who was, who was a like baby three or something, is now yeah. off to college. And I'm still talking about nerd stuff on the internet. Um he's doing great. And that's who I that yeah. the weekend that Shredder's Revenge came out, he's who I binged it with and we beat all the levels. Then we got Casey Jones went back through and kept playing. Yeah. And, uh okay Taylor, we gotta have a play date set up. Uh this is what I want. I want Michael Giacchino. I want um, Sean Whalen, <laughs> Jorge, Garcia. Uh, Jorge Garcia and play date with Taylor Morton. Those are my demands. Um it. so uh, the when they start roll calling these characters, I'm like, that's it, right? That's it. I gotta say that the Paul Rudd voice character oh, is my favorite. Mondo Gecko, so Mondo good. Gecko is my it's favorite. So it's the best take on that character because it was wasted before. It was one of the best toys. 
Mm-hmm. Right, because he came with a skateboard, skateboarding gecko. Why? How can he go wrong? On it, and his tongue's hanging out the side. He's got braces. It's one of the best action figures of the '80s and '90s. And then when that character comes on screen in this movie, and he out Michelangelo's Michelangelo, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, a little crazier wow. and dumber than Michelangelo yeah. oh, for sure. But it's it's like what the cartoon Michelangelo was in the '80s. But this skater dude, and I don't know, Paul Rudd can do no wrong, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't think he's ever done anything better than this. Wow. Hot take. Hot wow. take. Hot you know Rudd what? Take. Not bad. Not bad. I will take that hot take. And I love this movie. I cannot wait to revisit it. I think all the voice actors yeah, you're you're want to watch it again. Ice Cube did such a good job of Superfly. And yeah. guys stay through the credits. I saw somebody who really enjoyed the movie and they did not stay through the credits and they missed <laughs> the tag. And I cannot fucking believe it. You do not do that in the modern age. Right. I mean, as also, somebody, I mean, you don't do that. Can't, can't not mention splinter. The, um, yeah. Jackie Chan. Is splinter was great. Jackie Chan was great. And they yeah, gave him a Jackie Chan splinter. fight scene with the, with the office chair. Mm-hmm. Like that whole sequence where he comes in with all the Ninja Turtles weapons. Seth Rogen's taking out the dude's, Oh, they just so knocked it out of the park. So, uh, Ralph, come up to L.A. We'll go see it again. Or actually, I think I'm going to Disneyland this week, and maybe I'll make a night of it, and I'll come and watch mm-hmm. Mutant Mayhem with you after we leave the park. Uh, and I'll, I'll bring you like a like a caramel apple or something and some mouse ears for you or something. Oh, I don't I'm know. Good on, I'm good on the mouse ears. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, the apples Geeks I'll take us. <laughs> uh, I think we had a pretty damn good episode here. We've talked a ton of Lost. And we got to talk Ninja Turtles, which is always a fantastic episode. And what I love is that, you know, I had Kevin Eastman many years ago on this podcast. And you did not ask for him in the draft, in the Geekscape Lost Doc draft, where we were trading guests. You did not ask for Kevin Eastman. Is Kevin Eastman famously a giant Lost fan and we don't know it? Is that? If, uh, we can ask. but Okay, well, let's ask. <laughs> I didn't drop in on him at Comic-Con, yeah, he... and I really should. That's when I see him as at Comic-Con. Yeah. yeah, I had a rough Comic Con. In Geekscapist, you can hear all four days of Comic Con. We have an hour for each day seem, on the Geekscape you podcast. Great. Well, we saw you. Yeah. What did I on see you guys? Night? <laughs> we uh, saw you night? Yeah, you were doing on, on Friday. <laughs> guys, Thursday. Thursday and Friday. Thursday. Thursday's when the Yu Gi Oh! Wars happened and the shit really hit the fan. Heidi uh, had that brilliant idea to have me go down with a microphone so that whenever I interviewed people in the, in the booth, People walking past could be like, oh, cool, there's an interview. We had almost like our own little panel stage at the Geekscape booth to have guests and do interviews at the Geekscape booth. It's a fantastic idea, except when I don't have guests, Jonathan still wants to talk on a microphone, and it turns into a roast. And the Yu-Gi-Oh! people didn't really appreciate that. And for all that drama and more, subscribe to the audio feed of the Geekscape podcast on your favorite podcatcher right now, and you can hear those episodes. And um, fuck... (laughs) That was rough. Uh, I did apply for a change of placement uh, for next year, and uh, I hope they acknowledge it. And I think we agreed upon acknowledging it when I talked to Comic-Con about how we've outgrown our our old spot with a bunch of squares from corporate America trying to <laughs> silence me, the indie creator, and I'm going to fight the man. All right. Speaking of fighting the man, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the dude with the ocarinas next door wasn't corporate. <laughs> no, that 
I liked those guys as much as like yeah, here's the thing. there's worse places they could have placed me. Like considering Zelda's my favorite f- game franchise, I'm good yeah. listening all weekend to a bunch of Ocarinas. Like I get it. It's all good. Yeah. I, I've been listening to Ocarinas for 30 plus years. I can listen to them next to me for four days. It's cool. Matt, on the other hand, he was ready to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ralph, Taylor, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Again, Geekscape yeah. is go follow on social media, getting lost doc. On any of your social media, uh, that's the handle, and you're going to follow along with the creation of this documentary and help them get past the finish line here on this thing. You're going to go to gettinglostdoc.com. You're going to find out how the uh, Indiegogo is going. You're going to support the Indiegogo. Uh, they're great guests. They're even better filmmakers. Well, Taylor is. Uh, Ralph has to prove himself, but he's, he's listen, learning listen, every day. Listen, uh, tomorrow you're going to see some footage, and you're going to see how great it is. Great. You DP'd it? Overpromising. I love it. He's your DP now? It looks great. No. Yeah. You didn't shoot. No, you still, still, I still, I still produce. Has, this, has, this uh, been, has he set up a C-stand, Taylor? Yeah, yes. I think so. I don't yeah. know if it yeah. was set up correctly, but yes, he has set up <laughs> at least one C-stand. I suck. I, feel so, I still feel like, like the equipment. I'm afraid. I'm going to break everything. I'm afraid. I don't know. Ralph? I don't know. This is your film school, and I think you're doing swimmingly. I give you a B plus, but the movie maybe it'll be an A plus. And I hope you guys. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what it turns into, guys. I'm very excited about it. Again, getting lost doc on all the socials and as a dot com where you can find out more info on the film and check out the Indiegogo. Uh, Geekscape is I love you. You can find Geekscape anywhere. Uh, they have podcasts, and of course, you can find us on socials. Just search for Geekscape. You'll find us, and maybe you'll find one of our many shows on the Geekscape Network. I love them all dearly. They're my little children, um, and I love talking to you guys every week. Sorry I skipped last week. I just got super crunched by work. We're starting some new things here in the life of Jonathan, new company, new things to shoot more media and do more cool things as a filmmaker. Of course, I'll tell you guys about that when the time is right. But Let it me know if you need a producer. Really messed up. <laughs> You're and I'm going to start you with. You're going to yeah. be my first phone call. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll call you and be like, okay, so here's the coffee order. Uh, I love you. I love you so much, Ralph. I'll get it. I'll get Ralph, it. Ralph, Ralph. I, I'm being sincere. Like, I'm so proud of you, dude. Yeah. Like, we've known each other for so many years, and I, I am being very sincere like in, in 17 saying that. Years or something. I'm so proud of you, dude, and I love you dearly. Thanks. And you and Stevie have been so wonderful to know over the there's so many rewards still with Geekscape and people are like, why are you still doing this shit? But like the rewards just keep coming with people meeting people like you and you are a uh, shining star in the Geekscape universe. Um, and I love you, man. So I'm really proud of you and I'm glad you guys linked up and are part of this. I'm excited to see the film. Um, Geekscape is, I'll talk to you next week. We've got um, Rob Cutner, comedian Rob Cutner is coming back with his children's book to talk about us. It's called snot goblins. And I'm excited to talk children's books and snot. On next week's Geekscape, uh, subscribe. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. All right? Leave us those five-star reviews. All the things that you do to support your local Geekscapists and um, your, your podcast. And we'll do that. All right, guys. Go to your next interview. Good luck tomorrow on the launch. And we'll be right there with you. Okay? Um, peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.